incredibly anxious. No, we are in the presence of greatness today. Today we are in the presence of greatness as we welcome into the home studio, Damien Johnson. How's it going, brother? I'm really good. It's such a great thing to be uh, like in, in this sort of situation because you like you listen to a podcast and if you've only ever listened to it, you'll have like your picture in your head oh, yeah. of who the host looks <laughs> yeah, like and right. that kind of stuff. And then you uh, get here funny. and you know, and yeah, if you don't want to say so, ugly. Yeah. no, no, I was gonna say you're a ridiculously good looking man. I was, you know, I don't know. That's probably. I expected uh, you to be a lot shorter. God. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, that's cool. So, um, yeah, so Damien Towers over all, but he's here today to talk about, or we're here to talk about his work as this, I mean, the objective of this, of this podcast is to talk about the arts and to talk about um, the inspiration that we can get from the arts. I really, really want to promote artists and by doing so, bridge the gap between, and this is something I talked about in a, in a former podcast with someone the gap between the appreciation of the arts and the appreciation of the artists. Because there is a gap there. People mm. don't tend to appreciate artists as much as they appreciate the art that is put yeah. out there. And it's interesting they put it that way. Because I think on one hand, there is that gap. And on the other hand, there's this you know, sense where people fail to separate that when they need to as well. Yeah, like right. I think a classic example, if we think of like, say, M- Michael Jackson or whatever, okay, you know, okay. when... when stuff came out about, okay, his personal life and things that he was yeah, going. That's true, that's true. People wanted to boycott his art and they couldn't separate and go, well, okay, mm. this guy may have done stuff that you go, eh, you know, yeah, okay, we, we're not, <laughs> we don't want to support that. But the art that he yeah, created, yeah. you can still go, but that was brilliant. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Does it take gaining celebrity status though to get to that? Because I found that, I know when Rolf Harris, for example, mm. when he first got accused... I was so slow to, to, to actually jump on that. And I, purposely though, I mean, and I think we should be like slow to immediately jump on any bandwagons when someone accuses someone, at least be willing to say like, well, let's wait it out and see where all the evidence lies. But I do know that I wonder if I would have been so averse if he wasn't a, like a childhood, mm. you know, celebrity, like from, from childhood or, and, and the same with anyone actually. But, um, OJ even or you could go on and on and on oh, yeah. celebrities fall from grace and I don't know is, is it because we elevate them into almost a hero status or yeah do I don't know. and maybe we're so fascinated now by the you know and it's probably a good thing that we're fascinated by the human now behind the art so we really mm. you know when we connect with our celebrities and our you know our, our heroes and stuff we really want to know all of them whereas like yes when you look at people in the past like you know mm. like Da Vinci Michelangelo you know Beethoven right, right. we probably don't know a lot about their personal lives no, most people no. and so you know we, we, they are kind of I guess exempt of the the scrutiny that it would have been harder to get to know them now I, I did a um, I wrote a just for fun I wrote a, a film script on Beethoven mm. <laughs> it's, it needs some culling and needs some editing but um, but it was just so I, I wanted to learn about Beethoven it's funny you should bring him up I was like I really want to learn about it so I'm going to write a film script about it I thought it would be the best way to, to go about it uh, at the time and, and it was and that guy if there was social media at the time yeah he would have been just lambasted and, and harpooned I think because of just his, his yeah. personality uh, he, was, he was quite a out there kind of guy you know standing naked in the window and yelling at people and that sort of thing so maybe maybe some people are lucky that there wasn't social media yeah, totally. in, the, in the 1800s um, late 1700s 1800s so um, tell us about your latest work let's let's go there okay um, yeah, well, at the moment, I mean, I've got a few things on the go. It's funny, just pre- yeah. before the podcast, we were talking about the fact, you know, just yeah. off, off air that 
artists generally have got multiple projects going yeah, and if yeah. you know if there's nothing physically happening in front of them there's a million things going through their head so for me at the moment like i've just released or i want to say just released within the last month um brand new single and i've just released the video clip that went along with that uh which was a lot of fun so the single's called crowd in my hand and then the the video it was really fun because this year you know i thought i, I was going to push myself a bit harder with music this year so i actually engaged with a pr agent and stuff thought yeah i'm gonna throw okay. some money in this oh, and yeah, yeah. you know oh. really see what that you know brings forth and then they kind of challenged me and said okay well you're releasing this single have you got a music video lined up i said oh, I, don't, I don't have any budget for a music video and what am i supposed to? and they said well look nobody does at the moment because everyone's in isolation just yeah, film yeah, something yeah. on your iphone and see what you come up with so that for me was a great incentive to um yeah just to learn some new skills um, yeah, and I enjoy doing that. So that's, yeah, kind of what the latest thing, I guess, that I've put out there. But I've right. currently got another single now lined up to come out in July. Um, and we'll do the same thing. Well, before you get there, go back to um, the one you're talking about. So Crowd in My Hand yep. um, is obviously the one you're talking about. And, I, and that's, that's, a, that's a funky track, man. I, I really, really dig it. it. It's a real head nodder. So for me, generally, like when I write songs, the process that I will go through for writing a song um, is I'll usually just come up with a line, like I'll just drive in the car and just one particular line might just come to me. Sounds like me, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'll just, you know, kind of, it almost I becomes a chant. And, you know, I've, I was talking to somebody recently about like one of my biggest influences, and you don't hear it in my music, but it's Rage Against the Machine. Really? Okay. And I listen to a lot of Rage music, and a lot of it is kind of, it's almost a chant. Like, you know, it's just, one or two lines well if I saw you repeated. walking down the street and I hadn't heard your music I'd be like yeah he's a Rage fan yeah, yeah, yeah. right cool <laughs> um, so you know like so stuff like that I yeah, I really uh, warm to that kind of music and that kind of theme and so that's you know in my own writing so the crowd in my hand like it really yeah, this lyric came to me and I was coming home from a gig one night um, and I'd performed it was like a Monday night gig in the valley and there may have been I don't know five or six people that kind of showed up just to see me there so it was like a small handful and then maybe two or three other people trickled in so you got this name, small name drop the venue what's the this, oh, Rick's Bar right Rick's it's a classic course. institution yes, I love it yeah yeah. Um, R.I.P. Rick yeah exactly so we're so me and a friend we're doing this gig at Rick's Bar and um, you, you walk away from you know that sort of stuff and you love the opportunity to perform but there's also this party that goes Oh, it's a little bit demoralising when you're out there putting all this energy to it, you know, and there's only a couple of people yeah, there. I feel your pain, yep. Watching it. And, yeah, I think all you know, musicians, you've got to go through that. It's just part of life. Um, but in my head as I'm driving home, I'm, I'm picturing, you know, this idea of, you know, when you see, like, so a couple of years ago, um, I went to and saw Ed Sheeran. Yeah. at Suncorp and I wouldn't say I'm a huge Ed Sheeran fan but I had heard that this is one guy with a loop pedal that can hold a stadium I thought I've mm. got to see this right. yeah. like how does this guy pull it off and he was phenomenal right. and I'm watching him and you know, he literally had the crowd in his hands like mm. he could just get people to you know, just come along with him on the journey When I was six years old I broke my leg I was running from my brother and his friends. So in my head, I'm driving, you know, thinking to myself, that's, you know, that's how I visualise when yeah. I'm making music, when I'm performing, I'm visualising them like Ed Sheeran. I can hold the crowd in my hand. Okay, just... okay, okay. So that was where this line came from, you know, that when I close my eyes, I, I you know, see the crowd in my hand. Um, and so that was where it kind of came from. Then I got home and um, we just kind of got into the stage where things were starting to shut down anyway. And that was a really liberating thing for yep. me yep. as an artist because I didn't 
have to think anymore. Well, how do I replicate this live? Because there, as far as you know, I could tell, live music was going to be off the radar for mm. you know six, twelve months. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. So I said, well, I'm just going to write and produce what I want to write and produce. And actually, you know, traditionally, you know, because I often do a lot of looping stuff on an acoustic guitar, but I like heavier music, so I wanted something that was a bit more industrial. Okay. Um, so I did start just producing stuff with yeah, a lot more heavy synths and you know a lot yeah, of yeah. sub bass and yeah that's kind of how we piece together at home all right and 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 you're recording at home out of home right Mm. yeah bedroom garage what 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 space have you got there yeah no so i mean i'm really fortunate because i I live by myself um so i kind of had the freedom the liberty to kind of do whatever i want with my house so my lounge room is you know it's a studio (laughs) right on (laughs) so yeah you kind of come in there as just you know microphones and instruments and stuff lying around and but you can these days it's the yeah, the beauty of 2020. Gosh, yep. yeah, it's phenomenal. I mean, you look at people like Billie Eilish, out of putting out Grammy award-winning artists, you know, albums and stuff from their bedrooms. And yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is cool. I mean, Goitier started. You know that. Um, what was his first breakthrough song? I'm, I'm pretty sure he did uh, Hearts of Mess. Bedroom. Hearts that of Mess. Yeah, I'm, great song. I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure that was out of his bedroom. Yeah. Well, I heard Tones and I was living out of a van. Oh, right? Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, when she did uh, Monkey. Um, yeah, I think like, Monkey. like yes, yeah, so that was, yeah. you know, like the, the story that I heard, and, you mm. know, I could be wrong, fact check me on this, you know, um, I'm not Donald Trump, so I don't yeah. always get it right when I tweet. <laughs> but, um, yeah, from what I heard, um, she was quit her day job, whatever, because she just didn't yeah, want to, yeah. and just minimalised down a list working and right, living out right. of a van, and just, yeah. Well, we know she got discovered at the Buskers Festival, I think that's... Maria? Yeah. She gave me a thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, at the, um, the Cool and Get a Buskers Fest? No, the... Uh, the, love it. Uh, the Byron one? Buskers by the Creek. Sorry, oh, yeah, yeah, there yeah. we go, there we go. They're moving though. Um, yeah, they're moving or... Are they shutting down or moving completely? They're just moving? Sunshine Moving to the Sunshine Coast. Yeah. They keep taking us. All right. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, Byron stole a couple of the things from up north. So you then started talking about your next signal... Signal? Signal? Yep. Your next... I can edit this or I can leave it in for laugh effect. But, um, no, exactly. Yeah. This is life. It's natural <laughs> and raw and we get that's, it wrong. That's the beauty of podcasts. You can <laughs> screw around with it. Um, but, uh, sorry, I cut you off when you started to talk about the next signal that's, that's coming. Yeah, I just said signal again. What the hell are yeah, you right. today? I'm, I'm, I'm going to send out some more code. I've got an early morning, late night. But um, I'm not drunk. I don't drink. There you go. But um, you started talking about your next single mm-hmm. before I cut you off. So take take off from where I am. Um, yeah, cool. Of- yeah, no. So, I mean, currently on the, the go now, I've got... Um, and again, like, because I wanted to start getting a bit more... Uh, and I guess a lot of us at the moment are probably politically frustrated. Uh, <laughs> I mean, let, let's face it. You yeah, look at yeah. you know what's going on in America and everything, and you know, and even just here in Australia, we've just recently had you know Reconciliation Week, mm-hmm. and um, and that's kind of brought still a lot of the the gap and the issues that we need to face in this country to yep. the fore. Yep. Uh, and it's easy, I think, to get particularly when you're in a country where you've got that you know that two major parties, you don't feel like you got a lot of choice kind yeah, of stuff, yeah. and yeah, you get frustrated. So I've been wanting to write a bit more angsty kind of stuff as well. So I did start writing this song called Enemy. Um, and it's based on the idea, uh, again, coming up with a key phrase to begin with at first, or the key kind of hook, I guess you'd call it, in the song, is if you see, uh, when you see through your enemy, you can reach the sky. And it's that kind of, for me, because I, I love getting into spiritualism and philosophy and things. Okay. And one of the, I think it's a... 
I think it stemmed from from Buddhism, but this idea that you know I am in you and you are in me kind of philosophy in this sense that you know what I see in you and particularly a lot of the you know if I find faults in you that's actually me projecting myself onto you and when you have this idea that well this other person that I don't understand you know like your enemy so to speak mm. I'm doing the inverted things with my fingers that no one can see on a podcast but <laughs> this enemy that you're, you're looking at when you actually start to see that that person is just like you mm. with a whole different you know level of insecurities and fears and whatever it might be um, and you can start to connect with that a lot more uh, it breaks down I think anyway and it gives that opportunity to really break down and connect with another human um, and so yeah this was something that was kind of driving me this song I'm a, I'm a pacifist so I get again one of my frustrations is you know that we still live in a world where so much money gets spent into weapons manufacturing and developing military and all that kind of stuff and I feel like you know like as, as a species, I think, you know, as humans, we're, we're getting beyond this. We mm. shouldn't need to be worried about whether or not we're getting invaded by another country and stuff like that. Like, that's... For me, I, I want us to get to the point in history where that's the past, that's yep. not now. Uh, and you know we're, we're probably not there yet, but I'd like to think we can be. But so I had this uh, you know idea of this song that was kind of just putting this idea that we, the world doesn't need any more soldiers. We don't need you know we, we need healers and stuff. That's what we need. in you know. Um, so who's the enemy in the title, or what is the enemy? Oh, so in in the title, um, I mean, I guess enemy can represent a whole bunch of things, um, and also can represent your internal self because I think often. A lot of the things, as I said earlier, that we kind of project on other people are actually mm. things that we hate within ourselves. Okay. So being able to see through that. But then as I started writing this song, so I, again, had started writing this just before COVID really took off and we all went into lockdown. And so then that started influencing the song as well. So, yeah, and there was, in a way, this beautiful, like you, you could see at the beginning of things and, you know, it's, I think it's a bit more disharmony happening in the world now. But at the beginning... There was this level of unity that I think as humans we were experiencing where all of a sudden there was this problem that everybody was exposed to. Everybody was suffering through this. Mm. Um, and we felt, I think, you know, this unprecedented level of empathy towards people that we hadn't previously experienced. You know, when you sit there and go, okay, you know, a guy in China and a guy in you know, Italy and a guy in Brazil are all experiencing this sense okay. of isolation that I'm experiencing here in Australia. That's kind of unifying. Yeah, so what do you think of um, movements that uh, where we attach ourselves to movements that are, I guess, initiated, catalyzed overseas? We tend to gravitate towards America. Mm. Um, you know, we're quite readily um, up for that such as Black Lives Matter. I guess yep. it's a pertinent one for sure. at the moment. Uh, what are your thoughts on that where we as Australians will attach ourselves to movements over there? I, personally, I don't. I think that's a, a fine thing. I think we should all as, as a human race, you know, be willing to find solidarity with yeah. other people, even if they're, you know, in another part of the world. Do you feel like we sometimes look at other people's problems and find solidarity with their issues and forget about the ones that we ourselves can maybe more readily be, be you know, have, have yeah, some yeah. greater effect on? Yeah, totally, totally. To I think that's a great question. Um, and it's an interesting one because I think, like, it's easy, like, you know, I mean, for, for an example, a bit skew, but I'm just thinking, like, you know, last year, I remember whenever it was, it was like the... 
Friday after Thanksgiving or whatever in America, they have this mm. sale now called Black Friday yep, sales, yep, yep. right? And, and it's a, a, a whatever it is, an American thing. But all of a yeah. sudden, here in Australia, I'm seeing Black Friday sales, and, and, you know, yeah, and it's yeah. this sense of going, well, hang on, <laughs> we, why why have we adopted this? What right, is this right, does right. this mean anything to us? Where is our cultural identity <laughs> in this? And so I sit there and go, yeah, like you know, this almost just seems like we're just jumping on a bandwagon because somebody else has created a bandwagon and, and is now projecting that this is a, mm. a great thing to get on. So stuff like that, I think, yeah, like we probably need to have a bit more of a, uh, a critical mindset and be able to go, well, you know, what value is this bringing to to us here in Australia and to mm. me as an individual living in Australia? So, yeah, um, that's an area where I go, you know, that I, I would probably look at that and go, I think we are just jumping on things just because somebody's making a hype out of something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet at the same time, when you look at something like Black Lives Matter, and, yeah, that's come, you know, again, out of tragedies and stuff that's happening in the U.S., mm. But racism is a problem in our country as well. Yeah. You know, and it's therefore, I think, when you start looking at, at something like that, uh, and, and I guess too, like there's probably a, a social responsibility that Australia has as a nation to, to call out that in other countries as well. Like to sit there and go, well, hang on, you know, like, yeah, we as a country, we, we don't want to be, at least I'd like to hope that we don't want to be a racist country. Like mm. most people I meet go, well, yeah, I don't, I don't want to have the prejudices that have you know infiltrated us over the last several hundred years or a couple hundred years yeah and actually trying to make it like you know, I guess making it a global issue because it is a global issue racism yeah, yeah, is a yeah, human yeah. issue it's not an American issue it's not an Australian issue it's a human issue oh definitely so that that was like a um, a real great vamp on on your upcoming seat yeah, what the hell heck is wrong with me today <laughs> <laughs> on your upcoming single oh gosh I don't know on your upcoming single enemy. Yep. Um, so, so we've really fleshed it out. I, I love it. And, and to me, that feels like, you know, when you said you're a Rage fan, um, you know, they're, they're quite a revolutionary band mm. in, in their, uh, I guess, in their content, yep. um, content-wise. I mean, that's what they're, I mean, even the title, Rage Against the Machine, that's exactly what it's all about. Yep. It's about revolution and rising up against machinations and yeah. bureaucracies and, you know, and stifling governments and dishonest governments and Machiavellian governments and blah, 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 blah. And I could go on and on and on and try and sound smarter than I actually am. But, um, but what I'm, what I'm getting at is that, is that, is that where you naturally grow? You sound like an activist. Are there buttons that, that get pushed that really sort of set you alight? Besides, we, you've talked about racism, yep. for example, but uh, let's go back. Let's strip it back, actually. And we might, we might get an answer to that if we think mm-hmm. about where you've come from. So were you born in Australia? Yeah, yeah. So always I was born been local? In, no, I was born in the western suburbs of Sydney. Western suburbs of Sydney? Okay. Yeah. All right. Which part of western suburbs? Uh, so I was born in Camden, base hospital. Oh, okay. So Campbelltown, right. yeah. So. Right on. Okay, I've lived around there. I've lived in Penrith as well. And, yep. Uh, eight Mile Plain. No, not Eight Mile Plain. Sorry, that's local. Uh, Emmy Plain, sorry, Emmy, yep. to say. And lived in Parramatta. Lived in... Anyway, I could prattle on but um yeah so what was life like growing up there yeah well i mean i didn't i didn't actually grow up like it was funny because i was born so my parents they met at the university of new england which is in armadale and mum had come from campbelltown and my dad had come from grafton and they met at uni and you know birds <laughs> and bees happened right. and right yeah, cool, cool. um yeah and anyway so mum went back to home to campbelltown to have you know to have me um and so we were literally kind of there for a couple of weeks or whatever and then she moved back to armadale to you know reconnect with my dad and things worked out well for them in the end so it was just really good um there's what getting close to 40 years married or something i think soon or thir- nice. 39 years married this year i think yeah wow. so so they've done really well so i actually grew up now my formative years was uh, in armadale in new south wales which armadale. is a, a small little 
Really? Town, I'm yeah. Armadale. When, yeah. Did you, when did you leave Armadale? Oh, I left Armadale in 1996. End of 96. Okay. So I would have been there when you were... I was there in 95 and 96. Yeah, wow. Okay. So yeah, we had a bit yeah, of overlap. Yeah. Far out. How, how old are you, can I ask? Yeah, I'm 30, 39 now. 39. Okay. So I'm 44. So yeah. yeah. And I think I was there when I was like, I guess, 21 or something like that. So yeah. You'd have been a teenager. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's not that big a place. Well, back then, it didn't have the biggest of population. So I bet no, we yeah. crossed paths, man. Well, <laughs> like, absolutely. Yeah, we yeah, would have somewhere. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. And so so from there? So from there, yeah. So when we, you know, I was in grade 10 when we moved away from Armadale. So my dad got a job up in Bundaberg. Cool. Um, so that's what brought us into Queensland. So we kind of packed up everything that we, we knew and loved and came up to, to Queensland and I stayed we are at home until I turned 18 and I was kind of ready to to get out and, mm-hmm. and see the world so that's when I kind of moved down to Brisbane and I've been right. hanging around this southeast corner of Queensland ever since ever since okay yeah so what, what about um, schooling education like I've, I've lived I'm trying um, to figure out what drives you like what is I, what, I know like, and it's, it's really interesting right because yeah. I like you, you're right you mentioned activists before I am I find myself a very passionate person um and yet i had like i haven't come from the sort of upbringing that usually would drive somebody to be a particular act like i I had a very stable home environment growing up um i guess one of the things i'm probably passionate about now is uh as a base you know um or as a byproduct of my upbringing was people experiencing like so I, I grew up in a very conservative Christian home. Okay. Um, so I was very deeply entrenched in uh, evangelicalism. Right. Um, so I had all these views about you know God and heaven and hell and all this other stuff growing up that I just assumed like that was just the reality that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's for me was, uh, I mean, it was on one hand, you know, like I don't want to uh, sound too critical. Because uh, it, it was a very grounding upbringing in that respect, but at the same time, it was the sort of upbringing that just created a lot of fear and anxiety about okay. life, and and put a lot of boundaries and restrictions and stuff in what you felt you could and couldn't do, and all this other stuff. And um, yeah, so in my later twenties, like I, I've had two divorces, um, and it got to the point where I felt like, well, I was trying to do everything by the book that my parents kind of grew up and by the book that this church I grew up in. And mm. I, my life's just turning to shit. Mm. Um, this doesn't make any sense to me right, at all. Right. I thought I need to start questioning a bit more of, of what's going on here. And so I started, yeah, pushing a lot of those boundaries um, and rebelling a lot against the things that um, had been taboos right. growing up with. So, yeah, so I guess for me now I've got a, a probably a bit of a... A be in my bonnet in some respects about you know some of the, the pushes that come through from evangelical church movements and stuff just because I think that there's a lot of destructive thought patterns and ideas and it's almost a bit cultish in some of the ways Do you feel like you weren't allowed to sort of mould your own existence is that what you're trying to say and you kind of you felt like you were moulded and then eventually you found that you actually didn't fit that Yeah yeah, that's a, that's a great way to, to put it, you know, and there's a lot of things, because I'm curious, I like to question, I like to explore, and I like to find that, you know, for me, I would kind of look out at the world that it's like, it's an amazing playground, mm-hmm. there's so much of just interesting things and um, opportunities, and it, you know, yeah, and I just felt that growing up, that desire to question, you know, and there were certain things that you just were told you can't question that, or the yeah. answers that you were given to those questions just weren't very satisfying. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so I needed to, yeah, branch out and 
look at other things. All right. So those questions, have you been out of finances or are they eternal search for? Yeah. Um, and, and I think one of the things that I've probably, you know, and it's always to use the overused cliche, it's a journey. Um, at the current point, uh, for me, the answers aren't nearly as important anymore mm. as they're just the freedom to enjoy the questions. Well, you said you enjoy philosophy and that's pretty much the basis of philosophy. Exactly. Right? It's questions after questions after yeah, questions. Exactly. And, exactly. Yeah, right. Do you have any uh, favourite philosophers or any sort of leaning? There's a um, leaning. Yeah, I mean, there's a guy whose podcast I listen to a bit. His name's Peter Rollins. So he's a, a quite a modern day philosopher. This is a this is a technology that helps us widen our affirmation of life. Helps us go. It's not okay sometimes, and that's okay. That helps us find that we can affirm life and get involved in in political stuff and cultural stuff and friendships, not narrowing our world down and down and down and down and down into a point, but rather kind of expanding our world in, in deeper and ever deeper kind of ways. Yeah, so he writes some really provocative kind of stuff, which I enjoy. Um, I probably, I like, oh, who else do I like? I kind of like, I'm one of those people that, and you know, I'm probably similar with my music as, as well. Like, I, mm. there are bands and people that I like, but I also just kind of connect with ideas and songs. So there'll right, be okay. ideas that one philosopher, you know, pitched. Like, oh, yeah, I like that idea, but overall, yeah, yeah, as a yeah, philosopher. Gotcha. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I find that with um, philosophers that I tend to, like, I mean, I, I tend to gravitate towards Stoic philosophers and yep. uh, Marcus Aurelius and all those sorts of guys, that, you know, from ancient Greek philosophy and beyond. And But then you'll, you'll pick up things from Nietzsche or yeah, exactly. whatever you know and, and yeah and even modern day philosophers like Damien Johnson um, <laughs> how do you complete a song like when you start because you talked about how you start a song mm. how do you complete it is it uh, is it ideas thrown into a pot mixed up and, and cooked up or is it how does it go from, from the idea that one initial line as yep. you said to a full stop what I'll do is, I'll, you know, I'll have the line and then I'll just start building at the moment anyway. Like, and the process has changed and it'll probably change again. Like once upon a time, I'd sit down and I'd just strum out chords and stuff yeah. until I came up with a cool progression that I liked on guitar and then I'd build lyrics around that. Okay. Whereas now I'll come up with a lyric first and then I might start fleshing out musical ideas around that one lyric and then they'll probably sit back and listen to that for a while and then I'll just start, you know, almost just um, free association stuff. Just throwing whatever comes out of me at the time until that starts mm-hmm. formulating ideas and then start building that way as well um, and then when it starts to really take shape and I go okay no this song's now really got a, you know it's a key this is the key theme of this song then I'm a bit more focused in how I'll finish it off in terms of you know my you know let's say by this stage I might have a chorus and a verse and maybe half a bridge then I'll know okay again you know, the next verse really needs to touch in on this and the rest of the bridge will really touch in on this and and then we'll work out more of the instrumentation and finish it off that way so it kind of gets to the point where I can step back from it, listen to it, and it just feels like, you know, again, it's a bit je ne sais quoi, but it just feels right. Hmm. Um, and I'm happy enough to, by that stage, I sit back and go, yep, it doesn't, it doesn't bore me. Um, right. It's kind of, you know, like when I can look back and go, yeah, I'm interested all the way through from where to go. Yeah. Um, I think this is, this is cool. Yeah, it's cool, man. And, and um, going back to an earlier question that I asked and I couldn't quite formulate and I don't know if we got there about having certain buttons pushed I know that for a lot of songwriters uh, for me it's about feeling something seeing something hearing something mm. and a button is pushed yep and then I act on that and then it, it turns into the form of a song or a poem or a story or whatever whatever outlet 
you know, I gravitate towards at the time. Do you have a relationship and you write about the relationship? Do you have a... I, I mean, definitely. Like, I think any... any like, for, for me, I mean, I'm a very much, and I imagine this is probably true of most creative people, very in tune with my emotions and my feelings and they can be very uh, overwhelming at times as well. So it's almost a sense that any feeling that kind of just immerses me um, almost to the point that I can't experience life outside of that feeling, if that makes any yeah, sense, yeah. that becomes the catalyst for right. music. Okay. So, you know, that will often come. You know, I've got so many songs about heartbreak and love and relationship breakdown because, okay, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. that is a, a significant part of life as well. But, um, well, yeah. two divorces, man. There must be a lot of heartbreak in, in yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And you've got a child as well. And got a child, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Man. You've already told me off air, but. Um, yeah. Tell us, tell the audience, what, what's that child's name and, and where did it come from and why? Yeah, so I've got a daughter um, and her name's Winnie. Uh, yeah, so she's hey Winnie, if you're listening. Yeah, and she's amazing. Um, and it'll be interesting, like, you know, if you were to ask my ex-wife the story, she'd probably have a different spin on it. But for me, like when we were pitching forward names and, t- and discussing, well, what name do we want for this child? Um, I, Winnie just, for me, was it has to be Winnie. Um, and one of the reasons behind that is, you know, people will ask me, well, who's your, your favourite literary character? And for me, that has been, always been Winnie the Pooh. Um, I've just somehow connected with Winnie the Pooh as a philosopher, right? Yeah, you want so, to talk well, about yeah, my favourite yeah, yeah, philosopher? Yeah, right. okay. Winnie the Pooh. A. A. Milne, right. Oh, a. Winnie the Pooh is a philosopher in and of himself. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, because yeah, I think A.A. Milne present, yeah, has Winnie the Pooh as, as quite a mm. circular thinker in some ways, but a deep thinker, an obscure and abstract thinker. Um, yeah, yeah. I've got this little book that my grandmother gave me. I don't know how old I was when she gave it to me it's probably my teens called you know winnie the pooh's book of wisdom and it still sits on my right, bedside right. table um i have to revisit winnie to really kind of understand his philosophy again like i've, I've quite I, if i had to pick my favorite bear it would be paddington bear yeah, <laughs> okay. like, yeah. um but um but when he yeah now i'm i'm tempted not tempted i actually do want to go and um to check out winnie's philosophy again i'm kind of thinking of him as a bit of a a stoic like he'd get stuck in a situation be like ho hum whatever can i better get out of this and you know so it kind of like took life in its stride without ever getting overly stressed or yeah it, it was hey eh? yeah yeah, when yeah I, when I definitely about it i say was like he's dead but he's, he lives on forever of course yeah so, that's the beauty yeah, about being no, a fictional yeah, character right? right just eternal although he was based on um do you know what he was based on um so no i mean i did watch what i watched i watched that christopher robin film and then was right. the, the other one that was the more darker one that was kind of looking at the a.a milne yeah okay. yeah 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 well it was from a bear from canada I yeah think, yeah and it got shipped over to england that's right and, yeah you know i'm telling the story half pie but was, i think it was his son's christopher yes his, his favorite bear at the zoo or something along those lines anyway it was winifred or yeah winnie the winnie the bear became winnie the pooh this is it's quite a cool Quite yeah. a cool story of how it came about. But I guess as artists, that's, that's how it happens. You know, inspiration from anywhere and everywhere. Exactly. Is there anything that that's inspires you now? Like, who, who really inspires you that is current in the art world? Music, whether it's music or, or film or whatever. Um, oh, gee, that's a, a huge question. Because you say, you know, it's inspiration from everywhere. I've probably become, over the last couple of years, uh, more locally focused. All right. Um, so I'm not consuming, like one of the things I stopped doing a couple of years ago, just for my own mental health, was consuming as much news as what I'd probably had been in the good past. Man, like I kind man. of got to the point where I thought, you know what, if it's actually genuine news for me and my circle, I'll probably hear about it through conversation, through other things. I don't need to sit here trawling through mm. Twitter and Facebook and getting anxious about stuff happening on the other side of right, the world okay. that I'm powerless to 
to effect. Um, I did because I studied psychology at one point and one of the interesting studies that came was the correlation between depression and news consumption. Really? And the curves are identical. Yeah. yeah. And you go, wow, that's that's interesting. Yeah. Um, So I definitely eased back on my my news consumption so I became a bit more local focused. And I've just found that through engaging more with people, I'm, I'm more interested now in what... You know, my friends and colleagues and musical artists locally are doing and getting really inspired by their music. So there are people, you know, there's a guy um, called, I'm just having a blank now as well, uh, Lucy Quartz is a, a friend of mine who's an amazing female folk singer. Um, she's quite phenomenal. She's, you know, somebody when you Spell hear... Spell her name so everyone can... A, yeah, so Lucy Quartz, so just L-U-C-Y and then Quartz, K-O-R-T-S. You think it's going away, it's going away, but you're so wrong. Cause it's not gonna change, it's not gonna change until you're gone. So put a pretty dress on, don't be shy, you got cold hands and I'm warm tonight. So take me far away, make a new life, keep me safe. Uh, you know, she's only in her early 20s, but the themes and, you know, that she writes and the way that she writes, she comes across as someone who's got double the, the years of wisdom than what she should have accumulated in her time. Um, there's another guy called Harry Peroz, so P-A-R-O-Z, um, and he is vocally one of the, the best male vocalists. Tuesday morning, the sun seems extra bright As I open up my eyes as I lay there lazily, I begin to realise. Lives in Brisbane now. So there's people like that that I'm like, yeah, I just want to get on board. There's actually another group, a um, couple of guys also from Toowoomba called the Beamish Brothers. And I mentioned them because they're, 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 I saw these guys playing at a cafe um, in Toowoomba probably about four years ago. And... They were two young guys. They were sitting, one of them was sitting on a cajon, beating the other one was playing a ukulele or whatever. And their harmonies were just, you know, and you know how sometimes when you've got brothers, they, they just, the vocals just blend so yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Um, or siblings. So their harmonies were just phenomenal. They were two good looking guys. I'm like, these guys, everything about these guys is just marketable, Sharp, like music. Yeah, like, this is bang. And then I, you know, been watching them and seeing the stuff they're producing. They just put out a new single recently called Nature. Um, and I listened to it. This sounds like Justin Bieber meets Ed Sheeran in terms of its commercial popular. It's so right. slick. Yeah. But nobody, I don't want to say nobody's heard of these guys. Like they, they, obviously, people have heard of them, they're doing well. But yeah. you sort of feel like they're, they're not getting the recognition they deserve for what they're right. producing because it's incredible. So, um, I mean, I guess as the, the long tail effect, I mean, is, is come into play where, you know, we used to have shelf space. So if you were super incredible, perhaps you could break through and then you had your spot on that shelf. But now, I guess it's a blessing and a curse where the digital age has, has provided this infinite shelf mm. and so that means that more artists can have their stuff up on that shelf yes but it means that a lot of the ones that are like absolutely brilliant can get lost amongst the ones that are absolutely trash yeah, yeah. um you know because there's just so much to to look for and to try and find 
Uh, and so I'm, I'm hoping that, yeah, the, these ones that are, that, especially the ones you talked about, that are obviously, you know, worthy of breaking through actually actually do, mm. um, as we hope for you too, Damien, of course, because your stuff is brilliant, man. Um, in fact, um, are you prepared to play us something? Yeah, I hadn't, hadn't really to. thought about it, but I, I will since you've got a guitar here. I thought about it. He's, just, he's been thinking about it all day. Come up with. I'm yes. just going to move this little microphone over here. All right. Probably disturb everything Probably, while I do yeah. that. Might as well just play the crowd of my hand since it's the, the fresh one. Yes. Getting cold, man. I don't know when I'm gonna find the door into the next world. Is there a next world? Is there rest for those who long for more? Hear the silence, miss the sirens, feel the violence inside my soul. Another week night, just in the spotlight, meeting midnight. I'm away back going nowhere. I'm going nowhere oh. When I close my eyes Got the crowd in my hand When I close my eyes Got the crowd in my hand And when I close my eyes Got the crowd in my hand When I close my eyes Got the crowd in my hand Another takedown, another breakdown, another thought I'm trying hard to shake out. Too many wives in, too many jobs in, giving up praying to any gods in. I need a purpose, is it worthless? I'm a monkey in my own circus. Nobody's laughing, but are you laughing? Do you notice me as you're passing, going nowhere? I'm going nowhere oh. When I close my eyes Got the crowd in my hand When I close my eyes Got the crowd in my hand When I close my eyes Got the crowd in my hand When I close my eyes Got the crowd in my hand Never gonna give up, never gonna give in, 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 cause I'm going nowhere. I'm going nowhere. When I close my eyes, got the crowd in my hand. Go and check out Crowd in My Hand, Damien's latest release and his latest released video as well. If one song was going to take off, what, what is it going to be? What, what should people check out? If they're only going to check out one song and then die of Ooh, Damien's boy. 
that that gee, that's tough. Um, Not that I'm wishing death on anyone. Yeah, no. you know, in, in any in the immediate future. Um, look, I mean, if, if I look back at my you know catalog of music so far, there was one song that I put out a couple of years ago or two years ago now called Hot Days. That was the one that took off the most out of anything I okay. put out there. Um, and that one I think's got a lot of yeah, like th- that's a fun song. I really right, do enjoy right. that song. But at the same time, it, musically, that's not where I'm at now. Okay. Like, it's probably got more of a indie rock kind of feel where I'm yep. going a bit more industrial and almost you now starting to incorporate a bit more hip hop and stuff in there as well. Right. Um, yeah. So, in that sense, the song that I'd want people to, to listen to if they only heard one song is the one that's yet to come, Enemy, which comes out on July 24th. Okay. Yeah. All right. July 24th. Yeah, so, so you can't die until then. Is okay, that good. The point? Guys, that's six days before my birthday. So for my birthday present, I want you to go and check out Damien's new song, Enemy, on July 24th. All right? And you let me know by July 30th, and then I'll know that I've received my birthday gifts from you. All right? Do it. Thank you very much. Your your video clip, you did it with your just your phone, your iPhone, was it? Um, yeah, for, yep. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's quite noir or quite, quite dark. What made you go with the black and white feel, or was it just... Um, oh, a number of things. I mean, I first started off, yeah, so because I'm like, I've got no film editing experience, carrying out, and I've got nobody here because I live alone. I've got nobody that can film this for me. What so did you use to edit? Um, so, yeah, well, so to begin with, like, I just literally maker. held it like a selfie, and I'm right, doing right, all right. these little selfie shots or propping it around the place. Um, and then I did, I was like, I need to edit this somehow. Um, so I kind of Googled and I found that you could get like this light version of Adobe Premiere and I've mm. heard that's really good. So I downloaded that and just taught myself how to use that. And right on. it is really, really good to use. So yeah, definitely recommend that for anyone <laughs> wanting to try to make lo-fi film clips. We don't want to put uh, video makers out of business. They're artists too, but, um, you know, you can do it is what we're saying. Like no excuses. You can, you can do it. You've got no money. You can still do it. You, you can totally still do it. Yeah. yeah and yeah. so then when I, I kind of looked at it and pieced it together and got it the way that I want, um, I was like, <clears throat> This, this this is cool, but it's still lacking a bit of grit because I feel, like I think it's a gritty song, um, and I love like oh, being okay. a child of the '90s and growing up with you know your Nirvanas and your Pearl Jams, your Soundgardens, you know all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, there was a lot of black and white noir kind of film clips around that time, and so I wanted to replicate yep. that kind of earthy, dirty kind of feel. And it also I think I got that from it, man. Yeah. 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 It kind of encapsulated too that sense of isolation that mm. not only was I literally feeling, but figuratively feeling as well i guess in that that okay. sense of yeah you know being the artist that's performing to small handfuls of crowds when you're but you imagining know, that but you, imagining, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. feeling a bit alone at times you know what with uh, maria and i did a duo tour through uh new zealand once and our worst our lowest crowd was <laughs> our lowest crowd was when we rocked up we set up, we looked out, there was no one but the barmaid. And then we were, after the first song, she just couldn't put up her hand and she said, oh, sorry guys, I'm just going out the, the back for a smoke. Um, you know, if you need anything, let me know when you get back. And so we ended up performing the whole set to, to no, no one. one. Yep. And I think we we're about six or seven songs in and Maria broke a violin string and we were like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> we, we, we did a couple more songs and we just, just left it at that, but it was fun. But that very night we had a packed house. Yeah, that was like the matinee, I guess, to what was coming. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, I heard, and I think everybody goes that. And I shouldn't sound like I'm unappreciative of those five people that did show, you know, mm. that do show up and you know, the friends that do turn up because you know it means so much. And even if there is nobody there, you know, like if it's just the... You know, you perform like it's to, to thousands, man. Yeah. I believe James Blunt got discovered to in an empty bar. Um, from the, the story goes, it was yeah. Just well, the story I heard is that silver chair before they suddenly took off a plane of seven people in yeah, Newcastle, right. Yeah. right? So yeah. yeah, it happens, man. Yeah. yeah. 
So what's the best concert you've ever been to? What's your favourite concert? Oh, wow. I mean, as I say, like Ed Sheeran was a phenomenal show when you see one guy who's holding 50,000 people's attention and just making a big sound. Yeah, that was yeah. an impressive show. Uh, last year, um, it was on my bucket list to go to a U2 concert. I figured right. they're probably you know, one of the biggest bands of all time, definitely in my generation, um, living post-Beatles. So, you know, going yeah. and seeing that was, an, an, a, you know, that was a, a huge experience. So that, would, that would have been the 360 tour? Is that what it was no, called? No, it was the... Oh, it was the Joshua Tree anniversary tour. You know what? Yeah, okay. So I saw you 2 um, in New Zealand when they came out for their Zuropa t- tour or Zoo TV tour or something along those lines. I can't mm. remember what it was called, but it was it was off the back of their Zuropa and all that sort of stuff. And it was when they were going through their visual phase and it was just everything was visual, visual, visual. And he was coming up with his devil makeup and it was there was stuff hanging everywhere. And... It was an incredible spectacle, but you lost some of the heart. And, mm. and I didn't really enjoy it that much. It was like sensory overload. Yeah. Um, you lost the music to the visuals. And then they had a moment where they stripped it back and they kind of turned off the lights to a degree and then came out to the front of the stage and they just did like some of their Joshua Tree, mm. their Rattle and Hum stuff that they can do very bare bones. Uh, and that was the most incredible moment. That got the crowds up and because that was the heart and soul of it, right? Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, and so I imagine that yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about the Joshua Tree. I know a lot of people bag out U2 for where they are now, but nah, come on, man. They've, they've, yeah. they've done some phenomenal things, and you know, I think they're great songwriters. And, yeah, exactly. Even through know? their and experimental they, they stage, like, they just had a crack, you know? And they seem like decent yeah. humans. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. They're trying. Yeah. As much as people like to mock Bono, they're, they're trying. They're man. trying. They're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I reckon, crack. sorry, in answer to your question, I've done, now that I've had a bit of time, the concert that surprised me the most um, that I really enjoyed was Birds of Tokyo um, because okay. I'd only heard you know, a couple of their, their radio hits. And I was like, yeah. oh, this, this isn't really my thing. It's a bit mm. soft. It's, you know, it seems a bit live. They are a yeah. completely different. Yeah, they I mean, are heavy. Yeah, yeah. They are you know, dynamic. It, yeah. it was a phenomenal performance. And I, I walked... saw them before they opened for Muse. Yeah, right. Um, and actually, yeah. Muse was going to be my next choice. Right, going, right. I, Muse was a band I went... I don't mind Muse. And then I saw them live and went, oh, yeah, crap, that was yeah. good. They are better live than anything I've heard recorded. Amazing vocalist. I'm so yep. jealous of his vocals. His, his, he just hits the stratosphere. And a, yeah. and a phenomenal guitarist too, Matt. Is, yeah, he's just, bam. Yeah, well, that's that's cool, man. Those are some great picks. My favourite would probably be Super Groove, which is a New Zealand band. Yeah, they yeah. had one or two albums and then dropped off the scene, but they just that, that was a great gig. And um, Pearl Jam and actually I could, continue forever yeah but, it's funny now that you, but, yeah, you just have yeah, this flood they all start flooding in oh that memory yeah. but I was thinking about the bands that have surprised me because you just talked about a couple of bands that sort of surprised you mm. took you by surprise that's where you really do get to see how good they are as musicians when you see them live or mm. as performers even like I, we saw Robbie Williams by accident because I bought the tickets for my my mum and dad and yep. then they happened to have a they're double booked and they had to be somewhere else. And so we ended up going to it and he really surprised me how well he was able to, as you say, hold the crowd in his hand. Mm. Phenomenal. I was blown away and, and I became a fan of his performance. Still not a fan of his music. Yeah. Well, some, some of his songs I like, but just the way he was able to control the crowd was just amazing. So energetic. And, and, yeah. I, and the other one I wanted to bring up, Savage Garden. Okay. Believe it or not, like I, I'm never a fan of... When Savage Garden came out, I was very much as you were a Nirvana fan and and, yeah. and a grunge fan and and still holding on to the early '90s stuff that I was, you know, when they came out in the late '90s. And I saw them they when they did a free performance at the Olympics. Yeah, and I just get. The, the way they vocalized, man, together, oh, yeah. the, the way they harmonized together, and they 
I was just wow. It just hit you hard, right. man. Because the they, line "chicka cherry cola" skills, man. it sticks with everybody, oh, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? And yeah, so they they put on a great concert to my surprise. Um, yeah, so so the reason I'm I'm saying that I'm I'm harping on a little bit about it because there are people listening to this right now that are very that are stuck in very genre based circles and and are not willing to let themselves go and experiment, you know, with things that are outside of their little mm. I, I guess sphere of of um of influence or, or enjoyment. Go go and, and check people out live. Go and see anything that you can. Yeah, you know, studies have shown that when you go and watch live music, you live longer. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna back that. Go for it. So, so you're imagining you are playing to let's say ten thousand, twenty thousand people. You're the headliner. Mm-hmm. Who is your, who is your support act? Knowing that it's someone that's that's uh, famous now or popular now. Yeah, you've overtaken them as in headline okay. status. This is a question I ask everyone. And, yeah, well, and okay, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who would it be? Um, I think like we've so what. With musically where I'm heading now and what I'm working on for when we start hitting the you know the ground again and we're doing live shows again, um, I think my genre and sound is going to have a, a stronger, you know, it'll have a, a heavier and more, you know, a, more of a hip hop element to it as well. Okay. So I could see myself, you know, I would love to be on the same sort of a bill with something like a draft. I, think I love that, that you've got that would that, be fun. You know, the last person I interviewed too sing a song where I went local as well. With her, she went Kim Churchill, you know, a local um yeah. one of our locals and that's cool, man. Like I'm I'm loving that that we're trying to find as many local artists to to showcase and these local artists are drawing for I'm I'm expecting you to say, I don't know, Trent Reznor or someone like that. Yeah, like, you know, like like a nine inch nails, but damn, that's cool, man. I I, I I really dig that. Let's say you've 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 made it to the point where you deserve your own biopic, your own your own film. You know, a, a life, a film based on your life. Uh, who is playing you? Um, let's go, Margot Robbie. Hey, just to- <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do it. Because let's face it, I mean, she she's. It- She's a hot ticket Kate, item at the moment. Kate Blanchett played Bob Dylan. So yeah, I think, exactly. Oh, yeah, you know, right. I think it'd be kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and I say that slightly tongue in cheek because I know you weren't expecting me to pick a female lead to no, play. I it was, man. I'm going to be honest. That you, the chest is popping, bro. I'm going to a male role. But there's part of me that I kind of you know, like we talked before about you know um, hot button items and things that really get you worked up. And for me, gender stereotypes is one like, that's something okay. I'm probably really passionate about. Like right, I really, right. yeah. I, I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm a team human player, so I, I don't I like, you, like. Yeah, you would have noticed that you, you met our daughter briefly before Akira when she came down. Um, you know, short hair. I get frustrated when I go to look for a birthday card for her because she's a superhero fanatic, right. and you cannot find a, a girl superhero card. Maybe the odd Wonder Woman or Supergirl card, but I'm like her favorite superhero is. Um, Captain, her favorite two are Captain America and Thor. When Captain America throws his mighty shield. And you think I can find a birthday card that doesn't say boy, boy yeah. in it, you know? Yeah. Like, it's really, really tough. Yeah. yeah. So I, I get you on that one, man. Wow. And what's the theme song that's playing as the uh, in the opening scene as this as Margot Robbie walks down the street with a, with a beard? <laughs> <laughs> and there's a look. Um... We'll make it. It's going to start a bit dark. We'll have, okay. yeah, right. the, uh, right. but not like not heavy dark. It'll be uh, a bit melancholy. So Damien Rice has a song called Nine Crimes, and that is one of the songs right. that every time I hear it, kind of moves me to tears. So I feel like that needs to be in the movie at some point. Yeah, okay. Okay. 
Give my gun away when it's a load. Is that all right? You don't shoot it. How am I supposed to hold it? Is that all right? Yeah. Give my gun away when it's a load. Is that all right? Now I want to just hit a point to discuss one of the objectives, to reach one of the objectives of the podcast. Mm. Again, it's about bridging the gap between artists and, and art and helping people to appreciate what artists actually do. Um, and And so helping people to understand that art is the ultimate motivator. Okay. That's kind of one of my taglines for this podcast. I really do believe that. Um, I, I see art as it has everything from influencing tourism, which influencing influences local commerce. It, it, it helps people get off the couch and go to the gym uh, and to continue the workout once they've got their, their AirPods their, in their ears, you know, and they listen to music that just keeps them going. It's a book that they open that causes them to, to declare their love to their, you know, to their interest, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, mm. right? And so um, what, uh, can you give me a piece of art that, you know, we talked about an artist that, that inspires you before, mm. but I really want to talk about a piece of art that really inspires you. I don't think we quite, we kind of asked the question before and didn't quite get there. Um, and, and a lesson that you may have learned from it. It's probably, I mean, you could almost say anything Banksy kind yeah, of. Yeah, okay, All right, cool, cool. Inspires me. Right. Um, I love, you know, because I, I guess the, and maybe, maybe like Banksy himself, the persona of Banksy itself is a piece of art, right? You know, like, yeah, like the enigma or the yeah, the, the enigma, the character. I mean, it's for, for all we know, the rebellion of it. Yeah, all I mean, Banksy just, could be a, well, maybe Margot Robbie's Banksy. Could be, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we could just, be multiple people. Like, if you yeah, just don't know I know. Yeah, so yeah. in a way, like he is kind of like a a, okay, okay. a a modern day, like he's a Batman, the art, you know, an artist yeah, Batman. Yeah. So if we if we make Banksy the actual piece of art, that would be okay, he okay. inspires me because I see somebody that operates um, almost at this heightened level of uh, it's almost like an anarchy on the other side of anarchy. So here's a guy that doesn't really seem to have a lot of regard for rules and systems but he's not somebody that's also out to create destruction he's actually mm. operating outside of the rules and the systems in the hope of inspiring a greater humanity in a lot of the art that he does it really challenges a lot of the um corrupt systems okay. and the injustices and stuff around him and I, or her or whoever banks he oh, happens right. to be and how does that move you how does that change you or help you to be more progressive by just considering yeah so for me um i find that inspiring i find that that what that does for me is it moves away some of those limitations instead of sitting there and going oh you know but these are the structures and the systems that are in place that you know you have to kind of abide within that Mm. you know no you don't like you can you 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 can create the meaning you know that you want to create um and so on one hand, like, you know, I'm inspired by that level of freedom. Right. And on the other hand, I'm inspired. It's almost like, you know, a, a Spider-Man quote now that with great, you know, whatever it is, oh, power, great, great responsibility, whatever. Yep, yep. Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that sense that but when you kind of accept that, okay, I got mm. the freedom, I don't have to, you know, like I don't, for example, and I'm not saying people should do this, but I don't have to wear a seatbelt when I drive my car just because the law says I have to wear a seatbelt, right? Mm. Like we do it because you, you, know, you eventually go, well, it actually makes sense anyway to, yeah, yeah, to not yeah. do it. But if you're only doing it because the law says, well, you should do it. I got you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like once you kind of take that level of freedom, mm. go, I can actually do whatever I want. And yeah, okay, whatever, you know, I might end up in, in jail or whatever. But at the same time, um, it's that sense of going, but if I take that freedom that I can do whatever I want and then use that to go and I want to create a better world, that's what I draw from Banksy. I love that, man. 
that's a great way to start start winding it up. But I want to I want you to promote yourself a little bit before we before we do close. So tell people where they can find you, where they can hear your music, how they can download it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So I mean, I'd love for people to jump on. You know, like if you're on Spotify or Apple Music or that sort of stuff, just please go on there. Just Damien Johnson, D A M I E N Johnson, J O H N S O N. Um, thankfully at the moment I'm the only one on Spotify which is really? nice because okay. it feels like a common name but yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so please stream the bejesus out of it would be great um, Facebook it's at uh, Damien Creates for Facebook and Instagram okay yeah just one word alright Damien Creates so get on it go and like it um, go and support it go and follow it I say it like he's Pennywise but no it's Damien <laughs> Damien Johnson go and support Damien Johnson right now right now um, well if you're driving not right now uh, but what what I think we could do is um, also share it. So make sure that we um, share the love by sharing these local artists, spreading the word. I believe that the area that we're living in right now, um, Logan, Ipswich area, and, and sort of beyond in the in the general area around that, and that that space oh, is just saturated with incredible artists, um, as you've heard today and as you will continue to hear through this podcast but the world needs to know about it um you know australia needs to know about it the wider australia needs to know about it and the rest of the world needs to know about it so please go and don't just like um damien's music and his pages etc but share it share the hell out of it cool so and and look out for enemy on july 26 like i said that'll be a birthday present to me if you go and um and download it when it comes out i would really appreciate that as i know damien would as well Thanks so much for being here, bro. We really, really appreciate it. No, thanks for having me on the show. It was a great podcast. I really love it. (laughs) Thanks, man. All right. And this has been, this is Nate Hammond. This has been Tonic Pop. Catch you next time. That's awesome. Another breakdown, another thought.